Hello everyone, this is Zeno Ninja, and you are now listening to the Storm Connect Podcast, published by the King's Eyes Life Network. I talk about gaming topics and animated series of my own interest, like Ruby, Kingdom Hearts, Persona 5, and etc. The goal I aim to accomplish on every episode is to provide insights on these said subjects that are usually overlooked to spread awareness and learn more. In this episode, we are going to be discussing the recent chapters of Rooster Teeth Ruby Volume 7, an animated web show that features anime characteristics where four girls, Ruby, Weiss, Blake, and Yang, and a few other traveler friends went from training to become huntsmen and huntresses to saving the world as they fight off against the creatures of Grimm. But, with that being said, I am also here joined with two special guests as well. Please introduce yourselves, two special guests. Uh, hello, I'm Kimchi, I, or I can go by Kimps. I am a graphic artist on Twitter, and I do some stuff here and there. That's about how interesting I am. Um, hi, I'm Tony, and I go by Tmaxo4 on Twitter, and Tmaxo on YouTube, where I don't really post. I am also a graphic designer. Very interesting, I know. <laughs> you picked the two most boring people on this planet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I will say as much that it is a pleasure for having both of you here in this podcast today. And speaking of, um, I also want to throw this out there real quick that uh, Kimps, Tony, and myself are all a part of the Kingdom Hearts Graphic Art Community server. Yes. A big server full of artists, graphic designers, 2D, 3D artists, animators, and video editors. So if you are interested in joining such a community with Kingdom Hearts Steam and such, you don't have to join in if you're not interested in Kingdom Hearts and such. We do have other um, talented uh, visual artists that are part of this wonderful community. I will put up the Dis- Discord link on the show page, and you'll be able to check it out from there if you're interested. Now... If you're not caught up with the Ruby series, I highly suggest you tune into this podcast at another time. So now, before we discuss Volume 7 and the final chapter, let's talk about us for a little moment. Just to, you know, break the little ice and get to know each other a little bit more. Even though we were working on the uh, designer server slash artist server. You get what I'm talking about anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, alright. Now, I threw out these questions because I am interested to hear... um, Kim's and Tony's answers for this. So, um, first question. Um, what got you guys into the Ruby series? One of you. Alright, I'll start off. Um, so I remember, I'm like, I don't know, was it 2013 when the Black trailer dropped? Around like, there, yeah. Yeah, scrolling on my YouTube, uh, phone, and then I saw, like, in trending, it was like a trailer of this weird cartoon anime thing. I'm like, okay, well, let me just check it out. And I watched it. It was so freaking cool. Like, that was so dope. And then I was, and then I saw that there was like four other characters. And I'm like, yeah, I gotta find out what this is. And then I watched all the other trailers, and I was, got really hyped about Ruby. And since then, I've been a, a pretty consistent fan since. Okay, all right, that's really cool. Yeah, no, um, that's like, um, I actually watched the trailers uh, after the first volume was uh, premiered. So, um, I wish I seen it sooner so that I would have been a little bit more hyped for that because I had some things that were kind of out of context, not really so-ish, but, um, but yeah, no, the, uh, the black trailer, I, I love that very much. It's my, also a personal favorite of mine. Definitely, yeah. <sighs> so, how about you, Tony? Um, so... I noticed when the last episode of Volume 5 was trending, I was like, I was like, oh shoot, it's on trending, that's cool. 
and I that piqued my curiosity and some friends I had on Union Cross great game favorite game of all time I promise uh, were asking if I had watched it and that gave me the drive to go ahead and watch volumes one through five and I stuck with the show now, uh, I'm going to need you to link me your personal contacts uh, from the Union Cross community because they made that absolute <laughs> correct decision, especially to dragging you in one of the most underrated great volumes of Ruby. But anywho, <laughs> um, okay, um, I still remember to this day uh, that volume five was trending by the time we got to the final uh, two episodes, actually, and it was really... It was really interesting because it was like one of the biggest plot twists. Um, so uh, Raven being the Spring Maiden, that that was crazy. I who would have believed it? That actually got the whole YouTube to trend like that. And wow, the views went incredible. Like it skyrocketed, and I was just I don't here know like, what happened? I don't know. YouTube, like that was YouTube algorithm said. They really yeah. said, yeah, like, Ru it's Ruby time, and everyone got... They jumped a little bit more into the hype with that, so... Um, I don't really hear that often, that people um, hear about Ruby by Volume 5 when, at the time, it was at its peak. So, it's actually nice to hear that you just happen to be dragged along with this hype train, and look where, where we're at right now. <laughs> Alright. So, um... I suppose I'll share a little bit into this as well. So, as mentioned before, I actually did not watch the trailers at all. Uh, I actually had a friend back in high school. Uh, she showed me just an episode of Ruby. Just the first episode, because she cosplayed as Roman Torchwick. Uh, one of the antagonists for Ruby. And I was like, oh my god, that is a sleek-ass design. And then after that, like she actually put it on the giant TV screen. And then I was like, oh, okay, Alright, this is actually um, it, very interesting. And what's funny about it is that I actually like binged through that. And now I'm more into it than she is to this day. But like now I'm trying to get her back into the hype because of the interesting developments that the Ruby series has progressed since then. Um, so, because I usually have to catch her up from... Because uh, I did that with her with Volume 5 and Volume 6. And now, soon, actually, in about a couple weeks or so, I'm going to have to do it again with her in Volume 7. So it's going to be really funny and interesting experience for me, though. But yeah, no, it, it only took a friend. And uh, yeah, now the roles are reversed. I'm trying to get her back to it and dragging her into the high while she was trying to do that several years ago while I was still in high school. Sounds fun. I know, right? Really know. cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'll now I get to be the one to watch the reactions. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's a little bit satisfying. And now, next question. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna like this one. So, I am curious to know, what are your guys' most favorite and least favorite character of Ruby of all time? Alright. I, def I have a definite answer to this one. Um, Alright, go for it. So my all-time of all the seasons out, like, my favorite character would be Crow. I just think he's, like, really bad. I just love his personality, and he's, like, he's really great. And his fighting style is just like, really cool as well. He's designed for it as well. <gasps> yes, definitely. Yeah. And he's been so, like, consistent through the whole entire, like, series, and he can his voice actor. <laughs> but apart from that, it's great. Um, I really love how, what they do with Crow, and 
how like important he is now into the Ruby gang as well. Um, mm-hmm. But since season seven, I've also gained a very big interest in uh, Oscar and Ironwood. I think Oscar's really coming to his own as a character oh. as, and also as a part of Team whatever. I guess the overall Team Ruby <laughs> gang. I'm not sure if he was in the other gang. Alright, whatever. Uh, and Ironwood, his character in season seven was like, I felt like it was executed really well. And I really loved like how he made decisions and whatnot. Uh, even though they were crappy decisions, at least they were backed by like experience and by his own values, which was um, really good to see. I can't the wait character... to talk a lot more about Ironwood later. Oh, oh boy! Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the character I really That's tea. don't like. The character I don't like is Hazel because I think he's just such a boring villain. What? I think Hazel? He's just, uh, yeah, I think he's pretty boring. See, no see I'm gonna have to agree there because um when when um we were talking about it earlier and Kim said Hazel. I didn't know who he was talking about for a second. I like had his <laughs> brain power to remember. Oh my god, that's actually I. Th- this is actually the first time I'm hearing that a personal like not a fan of Hazel. That's actually really interesting. This is the first time I'm even hearing from two people at the same time. That's actually crazy. Oh my god, wow, wow. But I just haven't watched the other seasons in a while, so that could be a contributor too. Fair enough. Yeah, that's basically it. Alright, Tony. Um, dang. I really don't have a definite answer for either of these. I can tell you though, I, I don't, I don't like Cinder. In the sense that she's a villain. Like, Okay, alright, like you and I are on the same page. I, I, I think she's a good villain in that sense. I just don't like her. I don't know. Um, but favorite, oh, oh, wait, wait, one more least favorite, um, all the ace ops, besides Chloe. I felt that. that. That's a definite. I like Clover, but all the other ones just don't, they don't hit. That's crazy. But are, you, are they your least favorite characters, though? Yeah, that's the least favorite. Oh, oh okay. Oh my god. No, oh, they're shoot. Count- they're counted oh. as to one character. That's crazy. Least favorite is minus one character, you know? Um, favorite? That's kind of hard, but... But, um, Oscar... Oscar was cool. I don't oh, know why, wow. but just wa- watching him... <laughs> Use the it, the pole on a on a grim. That was cool. I don't know. It's hard to hate. Uh, though, really. For really, me, yeah. Like. I I do agree that Oscar has come a very long way. Um, it t- it took a hot minute because he was really being shafted for a long time. Um, oh yeah, and before I continue further into this, I just want to give a little bit of a quick shout out to, uh, Nikim. Um, he must be really, really happy right now as to what he might be hearing when he listens to this podcast. So I just want to give a little bit of a quick shout out there. Hi, Nikim. <laughs> Hi, Nikim. <laughs> we miss you on this Nikim? podcast. Hopefully we get to see you again. One day. Oscar is great. Alrighty. Um... But, yeah, no, basically, like, it was a big surprise that they were actually doing something with it, and I think Volume 7 was, like, the perfect opportunity, and I hope they continue with the momentum. Actually, he's also been very consistent in the volume compared to other characters, which we're going to get into that way later into this podcast. 
So, uh, and one more comment that I want to throw off uh, as well, too, uh, to Tony regarding with the Aesops. I'm with you on that one. I hate the Aesops with all my being. And the funny part is the fact that my most hated one was Clover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said this in my podcast is that I'm so glad and happy. Not glad, but like he got what he deserved, basically. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> say. He got what he deserved. I don't care. That good luck charm. No. He got clowned. Yeah. Clown. I'm getting clowned. Uh, look, I'm sorry. Oh, I I think that was stupid. That the scene where um, yeah, where he um got, or where he just died. That was kind of dumb. Honestly, his it, it's, it's just how the like, fuckery happened. Yeah, the fuckery happened that like his priority to arrest Crow rather than like dealing with Tyrion when he's out in yeah. the open like that. That I was like, yep, nope. I I knew you were gonna you were gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. Knew it. Saw that coming, and I'm glad you did. But anyways, but I feel bad for Crow in that Wrong sense. But that's why I had there. a bittersweet feeling to that scene. Yeah. Okay. Wait. We'll we'll wait for that. We'll wait for the rest of that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um. Alrighty. So, uh, I actually don't talk about this on my Twitter a lot, actually. Uh, but if you pay close attention, and if you're part of the Storm Clansman Discord server or the Kingdom Hearts Graphic Art Community Discord server. Uh, you would already know who my favorite is. If not, then I will gladly reveal to you uh... right right here, right now, that Raven Bronwyn, the bird mom, is my favorite character. That I have never... Because at first, it used to be Blake, actually. Blake, because she was a character that I related a lot to. The only thing that was the difference between her and I is the fact the whole running away problems. Raven, how she leads her people and what she does, I relate to a whole new personal level. Now, before we get a little bit controversial onto this, just know I don't support her horrific motherly methods. But in terms as to how she has survived, I have to give her credit that she has earned a lot of my respect. Her cleverness, her intelligence, I her design... She's my female counterpart. I'm just saying. Like, literally, like, it's just like, wow. You're thinking exactly what I'm thinking of. You're thinking the words right out of my mouth. So, I, and it's funny. You said what you said. You even proved it in volume six without even being there. And now you're sipping back, crying to Tai Yang, even though at the same time, you're also sipping your tea as to why you ran away from this Ospin war, which I don't blame you, honey. So I'm still with you on that one. But please come back anyways. Wait, was she in volume seven? <laughs> Nope. She was not in Volume 7. Nope. Alright. She, she, the last time she was seen was at the Spring Maiden's Vault. That's she it. She was a bird. A bird. Um, but I, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about that later. So, um, With that being said, least favorite character. Uh, as mentioned for this uh, volume, the Aesop's. As oh, an yeah. entire villain overall, I will say that definitely has to go to Cinder as well. And my reasoning for that is because that she is a power-hungry character, but I don't know jack shit about her. What made her be this way and such, and like, she's just doing this just because the sake that she's fucking hungry for, for power. Which I understand yeah. that much, but it's like, she literally got shafted as a character the moment Salem came in. At least for me. At least for me. Um, she doesn't like 
she doesn't mm-hmm. have like the development that explains that I feel like so I don't know yeah so it's just that you know she she just looks like a child that's just throwing a tantrum most of the time she doesn't get what she wants which she was clever by the time like we saw her earlier in the volumes but then she just kind of changed up now because her impatience has been running out and how she's been yeah. acting which it it was interesting at first to see her character that way and then now she just reverted to again someone just throwing a random tantrum which again we're going to talk a little bit more about that later but as of right now cinder is my most least favorite character and i honestly hoped i honestly hope that she dies a horrible death even though she should have died to in raven's hands but that's all i'm going to say about that until we talk about chapter 13 and now let's talk a little bit more about the final question with all of us. Um, what is your guys' favorite fight of all time of Ruby so far yet? Um, so a personal highlight of mine is in the first season when they versus the giant Nevermore when they're trying to get into their teams. Well, before that, yeah, it's basically like a trial. Um, I think that was like the first feeling of like when watching the Ruby series where it really got form in terms of like its choreography because. That was like the first big fight episode since watching the trailers and when watching that for the first time you just got this really great sense of action pacing, uh, cinematography in terms of like camera angles and whatnot. It was a really great fight overall and you got to see all the characters work together and whatnot. So yeah, that's probably one of my favorite fights. Okay, respectable. I, I like that fight. It definitely has a special place in the heart right there, especially to how uh, the team kind of just, like, came together before there were even teams, so... Right, yeah. Th- that was really nice, yeah. How about you, Tony? I have to agree with that fight. Like... Oh, okay. I tried to recall all the fights, and that was, like, the first one that came to mind. And it's really because, like, it really felt like a team there. It really felt like they had the makings, and just the teamwork between all of them it was really good mm. okay all right i respect that that's it, it is definitely a great fight so um i give you guys like, that it's a really good way to start off the show mm-hmm. i think yeah there was a special flair to that and i yeah. I, I don't know just whatever monty was envisioning through that i high respects to monty yeah so um I guess I'll reveal my fight. Uh, this is also an easy one if you have not been paying attention to this podcast, but <laughs> I wonder. I'm, I so I'm wonder. Let's go. Let's just trail back a little bit earlier to this podcast. You know, <laughs> Raven versus Cinder. Let's go. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> I love that fight. <laughs> um, the music. I think like the music. I really felt so much hype of seeing a maiden battling against another maiden i don't know just something about that just like brought me so much i i wish honest to god to this day i wish i had like obs ready to record my reaction to that episode because i was popping off during that fight um and even though like that was like kruby's like way to getting back into like the actual like good action because their choreographies it was a little bit shaky after volume three but they switched the whole style they switched the style and they didn't have monty anymore so it was weird Mm. 
but they really, for me at least, they really picked it back up with this fight uh, with Raven versus Cinder. And hopefully, again, we do see uh, more of a potential of a Maiden versus a Maiden. Because I feel like they could do so much more. Because they, they have incredible godlike powers. It's scary. And they're terrifying. And what I liked about that fight specifically is the fact that Raven... She hardly used her maiden powers while Cinder was like relying all of her might and strength into those maiden powers while Raven, she, it was a supplementary with her raw power and that's why Cinder was outmatched. And it was just so scary. It's like, god damn, imagine if Raven was using raw battle power with her maiden powers, using it a lot more than pretty much the same amount as Cinder was using it in that fight and it's like, oh my god, Cinder would actually would have been dead at that time. But no, Raven was clever. She used it appropriately when it was needed. Traveled to places and she her speed is incredible. I love the design with her blades as well. So seeing that how it worked with dust fusions and uh, magic, whoa, that blew my mind. And I was in love with that fight and I replayed it. To this day, I still replay it, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and plus... Um, I don't know. It's just the fact that... Oh, yeah. How the hell do you, these women fight in heels? I'm sorry, <laughs> but, like, what the hell? Like, I'm surprised you guys have not broken a heel at this point. Jesus Christ. So, um... Smashing. I, <laughs> I, seems to be. <laughs> but, but yeah, nope. I, I have to love that fight so much. Um, it, I'm not gonna lie, it was hard for me to really pick out because there's another fight that um, I want to give a little bit of a quick honorable mention to. And that is Yang and Blake versus Adam. Yes. Yeah. That it was yeah. a really good fight because that was like probably like the most Monty Um uh, choreography that they did uh, throughout the volumes of 4 to 7. At least in my opinion. Um, throughout that time. Yeah. And I don't know, it just, it, it felt a lot of, like, I felt a lot of things at that one. Um, almost the same as equal amount to um, Volumes 5's Raven versus Cinder. Um, but it was, a, it, nonetheless, it was a really good fight. Great music as well. And uh, the sequence, the beginning sequence with Yang and Adam, that was so hype. That was like, oh my god, like, they're beating the crap out of each other who's coming out on top. Let's go. So, um... But that's my quick a little bit honorable mention for favorite fights of Ruby right there. Cool. <sighs> Alrighty. And I'm now, now, now this is where we're actually going to get into this real big time. Alrighty. We shall now transition to chapter 13, the final chapter of Ruby volume seven. Yeah, Let's talk about that. Hmm? Oh, I'm just saying it's ended already, man. It was so fast. It did feel fast, yeah. I don't know, like... Uh, like, at first, like, it was a little bit weird for me, the fact that, like, this time, like, the Ruby series ended in, in February, because they usually end in January, because they usually premiere around the range of October, and then they have, like, one or two weeks of a break, and then it just ends in January. No, this time it was in February, but I forgot. This time they premiered in November, so it was a little bit later than usual. Uh, but nonetheless, it still felt short, especially with some of these chapters that felt really small and not as like lengthy how it was back in volumes five and six yeah. yeah it was it was a little weird i was like i was like 15 minutes i was like hmm it 
definitely felt shorter. And speaking of that, shorter. there's going to be a lot more time to talk about that uh, when we get to the Volume 7 uh, uh, review. Yeah, yeah. So I promise you, say, I, I, I'm going to have that pin for right now. So uh, how I want to open this off for this uh, is basically how the, first, uh, the, the finale chapter started with Team, as I like to call them, Junior, because O... With against with Nora and Ren, Oscar putting into the middle right there. Team Junior versus Neo. Oh, that's small. Oh, <sighs> I did level. not. I, <laughs> I really to tried to look at that, and I was like, Janoir. <laughs> yeah, nobody really, nobody really talks about that. Like, I always see like Team like J and R, but never, and then like, Oscar, and I'm just like, just call him Team Junior at this point. Like, stop. <laughs> But, um, but yes, Team Junior versus Neo. Um, so I'm going to start this off this time. Um, sure. Now, here's the thing. Like, the ASOS made a comment about uh, Team Junior's um, battle approaches that they're usually, like, the type of people to make a first head start approach to their enemy, which, you know, they, I will say that that's true. They have been keeping that consistent with the entire volume, at least in this volume, I, um, there have been moments where, like, they have not done that, um, uh, reference to volume three, but they have made that consistent to volume seven. Now, here's my thing with that. I'm fine that they make a head start approach, but if you want my personal opinion that I did not like the battle choreography, just something about it just was so off. And I understand that it's all about Neo trying to grab that relic, but it's like, Neo felt so, like, original, like, into a regular battle choreography fight, while Team Junior, they were just, I don't know, I don't know what they were doing, like, are they waving around with their weapons having, you know, a LARP play or something? I, I don't know what that was, it just felt so weird, like, like, you know, you see Ren and Nora charging right at Neo, and... With that being said, it's like, do you do you guys not see like what the issue is? Don't make the head start approach her. Wait till she comes to you. I thought one of you guys would think of that, but no. And then Jean just showing up out of nowhere. I'm like, oh yeah, guess what? My dust or my, my here's my shield. I I can use this to push back with gravity dust. Ha ha. Okay, that that just felt so weird. I don't know. So, um, and another thing I want to comment as well. How was the relic easily dropped so much in that fight? Because, like, fights before, the relic was clearly present, you know? Mm. And that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it, it did not happen. Like That was reverse plot armor right there. That, that <laughs> was just so weird. You know, I, I don't know how, like, it gets so, like out of the chain loop of your guys' belts or whatever and stuff like that, like, god dang, like, how loose are your belts? Come now, you guys need some more rework around with that. What are you guys doing at the Atlas Science Technology? Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys might as well get belts made fight, out of dust. Hmm? The fight was so, like, weird, like, choreography-wise. It just, like, walked in one by one, and then Neo, like, some fancy moves, but literally, like, two seconds before she got punched by Oscar telegraphing a 10-minute sprint, like, it was, it felt really strange, didn't it, and John Oh, yeah, in, that... In, like, 
no more speed during a slow motion moment. It, it literally <laughs> like, looked like a what? school play fight. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, this is, is kind of weird. But okay, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know because it's like Neo felt so natural, while the rest of them like they don't. And the thing is the fact that oh well, here's the thing: Neo she has more battle experience and she outclasses Team Junior. Now let me uh. say this right now. I'm fine if Neo was meant to win that fight. That's okay. But it's just the fact that Team Junior, at least for Jean, Noor, and Ren, I've seen them fight much better than this. Way much better than that. As a team. Especially as a team, too. Like, you know, Jean has the brains and such, and Noor basically packing a lot of power into it, and Ren kind of being the clever little sneak one of the team. It works out, and this time it just did not feel that way. It really did no. not. It's like, oh my god, like you guys are charging in like idiots. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know how to feel. It, it was, it was all right. They but... needed to get the um, <laughs> relic to Neo's hands. That was basically they had the plot point, and they carried the, the fight around it. It did really work out. It, yeah, it, I think that was a really poor execution of that. Because uh, I know, like, there are times where, like, they had to run away or as they're trying to escape with the authorities, though. But I don't know. That that was just so weird to me. Um, another point that I want to bring up, too, as well, is the fact that, um, Ren, why were you crying? What, 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 what was he doing crying? Like, I get that, like, you know, Nora made such a fit. Fa- or not Nora. Neo posing as Nora to make such a pained face to Ren, and he felt fucked up at that moment. But it's like you know he should have felt like angry right after that. I feel like yeah, it's just like what 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 are you doing crying? Like you know that's a fake. She has the umbrella. (laughs) I don't know if the emotion power was too much, especially his entire personality is based on shadowing his emotions so it could unattract the grim that way i don't know if it could happen with him that way but it's like what happened there which i want to talk a little bit more about ren later in this podcast though but in that fight i just felt it was so off i think i would have got it more if he had like hit neo yeah like i would have understood the crying more if he had hit neo while while she looked like nora but he didn't, so it's like it I just don't know. I don't know. I feel like that was just a really know. pointless sequence of that fight. Um, and I don't know. It's just it, it felt so off to me. And Jean barely doing anything again. All he did was just do a shield dust pullback, whatever. That's it. <laughs> you know what um, I'm really mad about it was when hmm. they ditched Oscar when they were just running, and that just pissed me off so much. Oh my oh, when god, they when they got separated, that was. That's that annoyed me, man. I was like, oh my god, guys, he. Oh, guys, please. How did they lose him so easily? I don't understand. It wasn't that hard. It clearly was it not that hard. It really wasn't. Yeah. <sighs> He's the one the freaking. Oh gosh. I can't, I can't believe it even happened. And, but and you know what? <sighs> you know what? No, I'm glad you brought that up because there's another one that I want to bring out of my frustration. Like, we saw that Oscar was getting really tired. Like, he needed some help. Why didn't we see an Os- a quick Oscar versus Neo fight? Why? They skipped oh, over that. 
Yeah, oh, we did. they just skipped over that. He really got pushed over. Like, they pulled up volume six. He disappears for one episode like, oh my god, Oscar, where are you? He shows up in the next episode just fine. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't understand what direction they were going with that. But it's like, it would have made sense as to how much of the fight there was going on between those two. And how did Neo, how was she holding the relic the first time? How? Oh my god. I what was going what'd on? She, like, what'd she do? Ra I need run, a flashback. Run, run by him or something? <laughs> yeah, randomly run by him. But it's like, you see the robots were destroyed. The Atlas robots. It's like, what the hell? The Paladin. Oh my god. <laughs> it's clearly a very cool thing. They. Oh yeah, that was, that was some weird sequence. I. It's hard for me to even describe, and words cannot express enough of how frustrated I am with that mm -hmm. battle choreography. Yeah. With Neo being the only one that was natural, she deserved to win that fight. I'm sorry, but no. After that, I'm like, no, you four are a mess. N Neo deserved to grab that relic. Screw all of y'all. <laughs> Oh yeah, and also another thing I want to mention as well. I know you'll keep it safe in Atlas. Shut up, Ruby! <laughs> Shut up. We Wait, all know that was going to be a lie. Oh Ru yeah, Ruby mentioned that uh, early in the volume to Oscar that he'll keep it safe in Atlas, and look what happened to that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good prank, bro. Bum, bum, bum. She tried it. She really did. But... That's all I really have to say regarding with Team Junior versus Neo, unless there's anybody else that has to say anything about that. Uh, let's, let's call them Team Orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> we might as well. You know what, Team Orange, Oscar, and then... Okay, I, I see what you're going with that one. I, I, I like that. That was really clever. Um... <laughs> Alrighty, so um, that's all for Team Orange and Neo. <laughs> um, we're gonna pin them a little bit back. We'll we'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, now this one, <laughs> I've anticipated this for so long in this podcast. Yeah, thirty minutes, thirty-four minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. I I thought Nikim wrote that. I'm 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 one hundred percent honest. <laughs> nope. It felt like a Nikim moment. I wrote this. Um, so, fun fact for you guys. Um, we put together a little bit of some small notes for this podcast and such because there's a lot to go over. And uh, it's open notes for anybody. So, um, Nikim was invited to this podcast, as mentioned earlier. And uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be with here, um, with, here, with us tonight. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I wrote this. But I'm sure Nikim will have a real serious treat. Once again, shout out to you, Nikim. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> Now, this part, I've waited. Let's talk about our favorite character, the one that shined the most next to Oscar in this mm. volume. Yes. Mm. Mr. James Ironwood. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going uh -oh. I'm, I'm to open this up. I'm, I'm going to open this up, okay? So you mean to sit here and tell me you fucking look-alike Hitler headass. I dare go that far. You dare go to this extent to say that you stopped once. 
and we were under the impression that you killed off your disgraced Atlesian scientist. No. You imprisoned him instead. I don't know what you were trying to accomplish, Mr. Ironwood. General, I'm sorry. Let me refer to you to General. Bitch. <laughs> you imprisoned him. But when you were losing your humanity after a single stupid chess piece that was right up at your desk, you get paranoid. You panic. And then, by the end of this volume, you had no issues of shooting a 14-year-old boy that was just trying to help you. Yet, the one that was trying to kill you and take over the goddamn kingdom is alive. What the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid fucking tin head ass bitch? Ooh. You know, it's that funny. Did say I like him though? <laughs> oh, okay, like, I I'm gonna say this right now. He's a well-executed character for this volume. He's Hell very yeah. well-executed, very so consistent, but the, my, my, my gripes with him is that my issue, the fact that, in my opinion, he's made character development, went from, yes, let's work on how to help the people and trust each other together. Chess piece. Okay, fuck. Fuck Mantle, we're moving the staff, we're moving Atlas, fuck all y'all. No, listen to me, I, I'm sorry, I'm losing my cool here, and I need to keep my composure. <clears throat> Pardon my unprofessionalism. Anywho, um, due to the behavior report of Ironwood here, of uh, losing his humanity and his small little heart of his, he also seemed to have lost his brain. Now, you know what's <laughs> funny about this is that I want to um, give a little bit of a shout out to the one that actually lost his body, heart, and mind, but did not lose his soul. Let's give a quick round of applause to Alphonse from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He may have lost his body and everything attached to it, but the one thing he did not lose was his soul and his intelligence and his big heart. That's fucking sad. That's fucking sad that somebody from Brotherhood who was trying to revive their mom from the dead did not lose his humanity, but you did. And you still have your human body parts. At least I still want to hope so on that though, but Jesus Christ, you stupid cyborg head ass. I All right, I'm done. <coughs> because uh, of that, it. What, 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 what'd you, what'd you uh, I was gonna say, uh, I, don't know, I feel like it's quite understandable to a degree where he would kind of like shoot Oscar after the chess piece moment. I feel like, I mean, it makes sense, but I understand where you're totally coming from, where, like, it's a bit far-fetched to just, you know, completely execute Oscar at that point. But, yeah, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed that part. Like, it made sense to me. Obviously, it was really stupid, but, like, wait, wait. it made But it sense. makes sense, I do agree yeah. with that. And it, it's, so I think it's a really fantastic moment, because it really solidifies, it's like, yeah, solidifies who Iron was going to be in the next chapter, and, like, a hero of the first, like, half of the season now I'm like, going to be in opposition to Team Ruby and I think okay. that's freaking awesome when um the whole thing when he was like I asked for Oz pins at my snot yours I was like um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like really I, I didn't like that because it's like you come to him for advice even knowing Oz pin is obviously gone 
and then and then when he gives you advice and you and you followed it and it seemed to work but now it's just it, you're like all I don't know you're all impatient now I just I just don't understand <laughs> I words cannot describe of my frustration with this lovely character um this tired character because he's been oh, known he's so as tired, tired. he was so, so tired. tired and now that man is sleep deprived as fuck because they literally fought all night to literally to the dawn of morning that's crazy for nothing for nothing yeah for nothing yeah <sighs> gosh i just i don't know like because of that um Especially the fact of the end of the volume, or the end of the episode, we see Salem pulling up, and it's like, and we see Watson, and it's like, well, we know he's gonna get busted out. Easy. Because mm -hmm. of Ironwood's stupidity. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm just here thinking about it, and the only thing that, like, another thing that's, like, running through my head right now, through his reasoning to shooting Oscar to killing him... Um, I think it's because he also didn't want to deal with Ospin if he were to come back. So he just thought in his head, oh, this is no pro this is not a problem if I just shoot a 14-year-old boy with somebody who's going to reincarnate later. So it's whatever. So I bet oh, that's also yeah, what was enough. going on in his you know, mind. You know, well. Wait, wait, wait. You, you know what's absolutely hilarious? Hmm. That it, ca it causes it causes Ospin to return. That's, that's <laughs> so funny. He was gone for an entire volume just to write literally monologue straight out bars in that freaking last I'll scene. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. As long as he's back next time. Like, oh my gosh. I hope he's think, not gone um, for too long. Do you think Ozpin has full control when he can come back to Ozpin's consciousness? Um, well, that's the thing. We're still trying to find out because we don't know if the whole... Um, soul fusion thing is a slow transition or not like so we're speculating right now like there's theories the fact that he like Oscar is starting to sound like Ospin as like time goes on bit by bit we just don't know if there's gonna be like an immediate push or not and we don't even know if this is gonna happen in the next volume or not so um I don't know like um it really is going to be a battle to who has more control if Oscar could really be that first one to pull that will with his soul and not to basically, you know, become another one of Ospin's lives. Yeah, screw Ospin. I want more Oscar. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, it kind of was his fault, the fact that he did accept the gods' uh, request, or should I say <laughs> grave request, but it was done as done at this point. <laughs> Um, well, I was cursed. I will say Ironwood, he was actually a great character in this volume, but I will say my issue with this character development to devolvement, it it worked. In a way it it fucking worked, but I'm still mad and I don't know how long exactly. I'm gonna be mad about this. Um and uh Possibly by the time this podcast is uploaded to the general public, uh, you probably will be seeing Nakeem in the replies of the Storm Connect EN Twitter, uh, making his responses regarding with that, or maybe a video, a video response. I don't know, but Nakeem will have some words of it, um, words about this matter. So please stay tuned. Please stay tuned about that later. <laughs> so now. 
Um, is there anyone else that would like to talk a little bit more about our favorite Tin Man? Uh, does he have no semblance uh, or something? I actually have no idea. Never. Yeah. So apparently, it's still up in the air. Apparently, he does have a semblance, but we still don't know what it is, and it still hasn't been revealed yet. Oh, I wait. I think I know what it is. Being a dickhead. Oh. You know what? Kind of crazy. There's some people that might need to take advantage out of the semblance because he doesn't need it more than these other people do. Cut <laughs> Ruby. Yeah, but real bad. she really does because fuck this, fuck everything about this. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, because there's going to be a part two to Volume Eight regarding with um, Atlas, I'm pretty sure we're going to see more of Ironwood. So maybe we will see his semblance by the time um, Volume Eight premieres, and then who knows what we see in the climax of that? Maybe it will be by that time or early on or in the middle of it. Who knows? Alright, yep. I, I, it's not related to this episode specifically, or it's not related to this episode, but uh, I just wanted to quickly say I really like the fight between him and uh, Arthur. Him. Oh, Arthur Watts and uh, yeah. Ironwood. And Ironwood. Okay, that was such I, a good that fight. That was really good, especially with... um. All, all that in the arena that that was so cool i don't know you know what's funny is the fact that like um, this is a really unique fight because we usually see like blades that have like some type of gun um ammunition right. like migrate into the weapon which is not a bad thing we're not saying we're tired of that because it still makes it look cool though but a raw gunfight between two characters like that i thought that was also cool as well and I, I really liked how it was like it was really a chase and eventually, it became bare hands too. That was really cool. Oh yeah, was that one was of the more special. Or I was like one of the really cool fights. I think it was also cool to see dust uh, elements fuse with the ammunition as well with their guns. All right. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, that just wanted to mention that real quick. Yeah, because, you know, he shot ice, and then um, there was fire, too, at one point. And, yeah, that, that was, like, really cool as well. So, unique guns. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for it. We're here for it. We're definitely here for that. It's not just regular ammunition. But I, I did enjoy that fight, too. Oh, yeah, shout-out to um, the music soundtrack for that playing as well. Oh, Hero. yeah. That was so good. That that was playing, and it, it really just added it showed it spoke a lot about with ironwood's character too so um and after i reviewed that episode and with the lyrics itself it's like oh my god talk about polarity the irony of this oh my god wow but they did such a good job with that i'm so glad that they were um vocals for that fight um it's uh, to me it spoke a lot of volumes um with Ironwood's character, and then, like, literally getting a little bit, not a full detailed backstory about Watts, but it's like, we have enough details to know, like, why he is the way he is. We don't need, like, a whole lot of, like, flashback or any, anything like that. It's just perfect the way it is. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, but that was, like, probably, like, one of his greatest moments before he turned into a bitch! Anyways. That was his only moment before he turned into a bitch. <sighs> Alright. 
Pardon me again. I have to. <laughs> All right. Professional Edo Ninja is returned to the podcast once again. Oh, welcome <laughs> back. Hi. So, hey, I um. Of course, I missed you all too very much. Just like how I also missed about the battle between Winter and Penny versus Cinder. Let's talk about that next. So, I was surprised no one died. I was too, because there were a lot of death flags for the three of them in that fight. So many. Um, Which, honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I see more death flags for Winter rather than Penny and Cinder. Which yeah, I was, I was really thinking worried Winter about was that. gonna die. I feel like having Winter yeah, like, with this narrative of being the maiden, I was like, yeah, okay, well, uh, she's probably gonna die. But I don't think not. she can die now, though, because she she called for backup, and it's like, if she just like died at the beginning of the season or was found dead, it would feel kind of weird. That would just ruin the pace, I think. Well, it's not just that, though, but um, the one thing that I also want to add on to your point right there is that um, there's a divide now between Weiss and Winter, which is really heartbreaking because Mm -hmm. Weiss and Winter, they're so respectable in each of their own ways and great as sisters. So seeing that the way that they are now, I'm not going to lie, it broke my heart, so... I definitely want to see what's going to happen with Weiss and Winter and what they're going to do the next time they see each other again. Uh, is Winter going to come back? Is she going to leave Atlas? Um, go with it? Or she's going to die along with Atlas? That's going to be a really interesting part of the character because they went from, you know, really close sisters at the beginning of the volume and just now that there's just now another division, which, you know, with to Weiss... I'm surprised she's taking this so well. Well, maybe she's not taking this immediately, but it's like she doesn't consider her father, her brother, family anymore. Her mom is just there, and now she's also losing her sister as well, and she is so close to her sister, and I just can't imagine how that's going to do to her in Volume 8. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that for Part 2 of Volume 7, as I like to call it for Volume 8 now. That's At least that's how yeah. it is for me. Um, but, no, it's, um, but even then, like, I'm really glad that she did not die for both reasons with the fact that, like, you know, again, with her st- sister relationship with Weiss in question, and, um, basically just because she's a really, um, favorable character and just emotional attachment that I definitely do not want to see her die, but there were a lot of death flags. She was really at that critical point of dying. Um, but... Um, one thing I want to talk about, too, of her battle performance with that. She lost her aura really quickly. I thought that was weird. Um, I don't know if it's because that her semblance took a lot of her aura. Because semblances are fused with our auras in the Rubyverse. Um, but we've seen, like, Weiss do some crazy shit. With that amount of aura, but Winter outclasses Weiss. So I'm just here like, how does she lose so much already to the point where it broke off, you know? Um, and I, I just hated the fact that, like, she got so washed out in that fight. Like, I know, like, unfortunately, Cinder, she outclasses Winter because of yeah. Fall Maiden. But, yeah, yeah. god damn, like, Winter was 
not that strong, which I'm like, I don't know. I've seen her do a little bit better than that, though, but I don't know. I feel like, she, to me, she was gassed up to be, like, one of the most, like, powerful Atlesian forces that Ironwood has, and it just was for nothing in every single way, shape, or form, and it's just disappointing in general for me, at least, with her battle performance. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Winter Maiden, <laughs> that was cool. That was the, <laughs> the winter. Okay. She, she was cool. She was cool. Freya, let's give a quick shout out to Freya, real quick. A big round of applause for Freya. Um, that bitch, literally, at the break of her critical dead, snapped, literally sneezed an avalanche. <laughs> By her deathbed, she literally looked at Cinder and was like, <laughs> Oh, you thought I'm gonna give this to you? Uh, nope. <laughs> I just wonder of how long she's been savoring that power in case if there was an emergency like that. Because, god damn, she really created an Iceland right there. But this goes back to my point again as to how much pot like potential maidens are capable of and it's super fucking scary and as an old woman an old woman did that shit to the point where she's about to die christ freya what were you like when you were in your younger years i really want to know about that i hope we get a little bit of flashback with freya um in one of the new uh three ruby shows that they're gonna be um premiering oh. later this year wait i forgot what? about that Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let me give a little bit of a quick knowledge about this. Um, Rooster Teeth, um, if you guys don't know, they are going to be airing three new Ruby shows this year. And that's obviously Ruby, Ruby Volume 8. Um, they're going to have uh, a bedtime story where it's going to be, it's going to have a little bit more of an opportunity to talk about fairy tales. Um, and it's going to be starring. Hi, Yang, Ruby, and Yang. Basically, they're going to be going like, oh, hey, read us a bedtime oh. story. Read us a bedtime story. And Tai Yang reads the story, and they're going to go off about the fairy tales that are inspired for each of the other characters and how it could impact the show as well. Yeah. Um, and the last one is the... Um, it's going to be an art show, actually, regarding the artistic um, directions of Ruby of why they went for this type of scenery and stuff like that because I noticed that um, the Ruby artists, um, 3D artists, 2D artists and such, they've been posting a lot of their concept arts out on Twitter. So I'm not so sure what, I'm assuming that that's what got for their, you know, show to be put on this way though. But they're going to be talking about like how they got their inspirations and stuff like that and they go a lot more about that. And uh, it's going to be really consistent until we get to the premiere of Volume 8. So we're going to have a lot of more Ruby content instead of dry a full dry year with no Ruby stuff, with, with the exception of Ruby Chibi, up until Ruby Volume 8. So now we're going to be having a lot of content Goodness. this time around. That's awesome. So, I, I'm so excited for that I'm one. So I really yeah. hope to see... I really want to see their like their inspirations and what ideas they got out of it, and hopefully they talk a little bit more about the discussions because they're really open about that to how they want to go for directions for the kingdoms, the characters, and the colors. The colors really pop out in that show, and I love it so much. The world of remnant, so that's gonna be something that's gonna be um, 
interesting and great to look forward to in the future. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, guys, if you guys um, have not heard about that, well, now you know. And I'm also going to link that in the show page into the article showing about the Ruby's um, shows. And you guys can learn a little bit more about that, what they're going to be capable of and um, and so on forward. And hopefully that can uh, kindle your hype for um, Ruby and two volume eight if you're not into it just yet. So, um, but yes, back to Winter and Penny versus Cinder. Um, and I suppose Freya, because she kind of chipped it in a little bit in some way. (laughs) She's the MVP, yo. She changed the whole fate of who the Winter Maiden was going to go to. Yeah, that was, that was something. I wasn't, well, see, that was the part I got spoiled on, who the Winter Maiden was, um, but... It was still something you didn't really see coming. It's like, it's like, because it's like winter was, was, they were talking about it the whole time. And then Penny was just kind of there at the end. And it was like, I was like, huh, I don't know. Now, see, here's the thing. Unfortunately, as much as this pains me to say this, I already knew that the winter made in powers. It was not going to go to uh, Cinder to winter. And my reasoning for that was because that it's pretty much a repeat of Volume 3. They talked about Pura Nikos getting the Fall Maiden powers, and guess what? That didn't happen in the slightest because Cinder showed up at the most perfect timing as possible that people got fucked over. Now, the good part about that is that Cinder did not get the Winter Maiden powers. Thank God she did not because the Fall Maiden, she already had enough of that, and she was able to snipe a little bit of Raven's powers only by like I don't know thirty percent. I still need to learn learn a little bit more about that because they never Rooster Teeth. They never made that clear as to if Cinder got a portion of it, or if not all of it, or some of it. We don't know to this day. Um, however, um, my only prediction with that, um, I was hoping that like Winter would be able to get the Winter Maiden powers, and then she would be able to have an actual fair fight with Cinder, that would have been much more better that way. And I wish that they kind of went with this direction. However, Penny being the Winter Maiden, it did threw me off. Um, And the only reason to that is because that, I think you would have to be a human, real human being, because Penny Paladina, she's not. She's a robot girl. Yeah, However, no, no one caught mm-hmm. was going to catch that one. Yeah. So, however, I am actually okay with this development with Penny being the Winter Maiden. And my reasoning for that is because that she has an aura, not an artificial aura. She has an aura that was given to by her father. Um, and that's what makes her more real. She's been able to understand human emotions. And she's becoming more of an actual person. And she has a little bit of a sense of her father because she has his aura and now she's part of the winter maiden in some way shape or form and honest to god i am actually in love with this direction i think petty definitely did deserve that and it just makes me so happy of all people she got it even though i wish winter got it i'm Mm. completely okay and content that penny paladina got the winter maiden powers yeah I, I think I agree with that, but I also really wanted to see how Iron would would utilize Winter with the main powers if that would happen, because that would be such a like a insane scenario, and like Team Ruby really like lost the lamp and they lost the maiden, and they're literally like 
gonna face Salem now, it's gonna be crazy, but like, you know, it's not petty. Which I'm totally fine with, but it would have been really interesting to see what they, what would happen if Winter got it, you know? Exactly, like, you know, because now, like, Team Ruby's team is a little bit smaller again because they had the alliance with Atlas and now that alliance is over. So, basically, there will be three parties into that. Salem's Forces, uh, the Kingdom of Atlas, and Team Ruby with no Maidens, while two of them have the Maidens. But now, it's somewhat like that. It's Atlas, Salem, and Team Ruby. Team Ruby is the one that has the Winter Maiden. At least they have a Maiden. They could have had two if Raven stuck around. <laughs> Which, that could have bettered the chances by so much more to winning against Salem. At least against her forces for the time being. But they can only do with what they got right now. Um, but, um, one thing that like I'm really curious on as to if they're ever going to elaborate a little bit more about that as to how Penny is qualified. Like, it seems that it's already clear enough as day. The fact that, like, because, again, it goes by with her aura. She has an actual real aura. And, you know, um, she has, in a way, even though, like, physically she doesn't have a human heart, though, but her soul, it is there. It exists. It's like she's actually her own human person rather than artificial intelligence developed by the Atlas team. So... Um, I don't mind if they don't explain that, though, but if they do, it will be really interesting to see, and I would hope that we could get some more clarity into this, So, because the whole maiden powers going to other people, it's super convoluted, um, and it's really difficult, especially to how Penny, she actually grabbed Freya's hand, her dying breath, and it transferred the powers to her, which usually it transfers... By a simple thought in the mind of whoever it was last. Even though, technically in a way, it was in that moment. But we saw that power exchange right there. So, um, I hope we get a little bit more conversation about that later. Um, if not, then, I mean, it's whatever. Because it looks like it's already clear enough as day. But if not, if there ne if it needs to be elaborated, then it will be elaborated in time. Yep. Um... Another note that I want to talk about as well. Um, putting aside with my um, criticisms with Winter's performance in that fight, I will say it's, it was actually a really good fight. The music with it was really... It got me scared up big time. Um, especially to how Cinder and... Um, she grabbed Penny and Winter right outside and i was so scared i'm like oh my god you are gonna make them fall to mantle i was so scared at that moment um and this actually gives me a little bit more chance to talk about this too again cinder we're seeing a little bit more of her distaste towards the atlesians that the you know they, they think they're big and strong and such and you know cinder is being very open about her lust for power which is really scary i i don't even know what to call it at this point and she, it went from that to her frustrations being pushed back which it to me a lot of people they made comments that like what the hell like she looks like a child throwing a tantrum that is true i will agree with that i am not arguing differently on that mm -hmm. i want to talk about something yeah what was she wearing i <laughs> i don't like that design i don't like it she's a thought i don't like it <laughs> She is a thought. That's literally what she is. It's a literal hoe. <laughs> um, I, I don't like it. She's an indecent human being that just wants to show off power and, I guess, her 
aesthetics in a way. All right. Even though they're super unappealing, but okay, go off, princess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. But it's really interesting that like she spoke a little bit more about that. Um, which again, this, this is what bothers me is the fact that we've been speculating so long about Cinder as to why she is the way that she is and how does she find Salem as to how she is as a character right now. Um, I'm hoping that there will be a character short in a way or one of the Ruby shows. They could, you know, talk a little bit more about her past or why she is the way that she is. Why should we care about her? Because again, the moment that Salem was introduced, I stopped caring about Cinder in a way. And she only has continued to be that way and proved to be somebody who's been getting frustrated because she can't get what she wants. Child. Actual child. Oh, yeah. An actual child. And it's, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm really disappointed by that. Um, hopefully they can bring back that type of interest again. If not, well, hopefully she has a horrible death. And I don't care who does it at this point. Preferably Raven does it, but somebody has to do it in a good way. Please. I'm tired of this. Um, oh, another thing that I found interesting well that I need to talk about this too. Because not many people are talking about this. Um... Cinder's grim arm can regenerate. Um. Correct. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Great. I found it funny when she got cut. She's like, <laughs> shout out to I don't know Winter. Why. I don't know. I don't know why, but that was great. Oh, definitely. Oh hell yeah, it was. That felt good. It's like yes, be in pain, bitch. Anyway, sorry. I gotta calm down real quick. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, um, what I found really interesting, and somebody pointed this out to me, um, if you take in a comparison with Volume 5, um, Cinder, and Volume 7 Cinder, her grim arm is now only at arm's length. It now went up to her shoulder, and it wasn't like that before. Oh, really? And it's weird. Yeah, I actually just noticed that, because if you look at the fight with... Uh, Raven versus Cinder, it's only like up to her arm. Now it's up to her shoulder. So if it's gone that high, I don't know if this was a mistake, but I I don't think it was a mistake because like that's a huge jump of her arm to her shoulder. And if that's the case, I fear that Cinder is going to become an irony character. And when I say that, she was going to be a, a very, very power hungry character where she gets powers. But she gets consumed by it because of the grim fusion that she had back with her treatment with Salem. So that's my if little she theory right uncontrollable, there. Uncontrollable. That would be kind of scary. It will be scary. A grim that has maiden powers. Yes. And is going to be a little bit more powerful. And oh god, I can't imagine like how terrifying that is. Seeing a Cinder Grim esque. Maiden, and especially if she gets the power of the other maiden, spring, winter, or summer, because fall summer. enough, it's already scary. It's scary as it is. But if she gets more than that, oh my god! And the Grimmar again, it regenerates, which I really am curious as to how, because again, it can't regenerate, and um, you know, it's not protected by aura or regenerated by aura. So how does that work? I'm assuming Salem must have done something that's going it's to fuck over Cinder at the end of then. Darkness. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Powerful. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe mm-hmm. it's... Or the, the more it regenerates, maybe... Maybe the more it consumes. I don't know. It maybe that, could. That, maybe that is a contributor. Who knows? Another thing that I thought of is, like, if she absorbs more maiden powers, would she be able to become more as to a grim even though again we i don't know that though but it's just something that i have noticed that it's uh, it's now at soldier's length and i can't imagine how it's going to be a little bit later and especially the fact that it regenerates how can you stop her a maiden that can regenerate by as a grim yeah good luck with putting up with that one oh wait guess what ruby silver eyes put that bitch in a stone problem solved (laughs) But that was, that was quick. Now we don't need a season nine. Just finish All right, here we go. Season eight. Really that's don't. the ending. Nice but, bullet, bro. Mm-hmm. Can't, oh, can't believe well, it. Sorry, I t- I secretly talked to Rooster Teeth. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Got the details for the next few seasons. All right. <laughs> Look, Leaks. I just basically spoiled you, Cinder's irony, how her end is going to be, and yeah, yeah, Ruby's gonna be the one to put her down because silver eyes, Sharingan bullshit. <laughs> Shout out to Naruto. <laughs> but at least that's my theory with Cinder. You know, battle po- uh, power hungry bitch into, well, the power consumes her. So, um, I, I, I hope, I really hope that happens. And I hope I can, um, I, I hope this will be remembered because I'm going to look back on this and I'm going to clip this podcast and I'm going to put that out on Twitter <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, I motherfucking told you so. I hope I have that moment. But with that being said, um, other than that, good fight. Really good fight. Uh, a little bit of a problem with Winter. That's all I got to say. And one more note that I had to add in as well. Um, I really hope that Cinder, uh, she gets bullied. She suffers a lot more. Um, <laughs> she gets an actual yeah. little beating for for beating the crap out of Winter like that. That I don't, I don't know. Something about that just pissed me off so much. It's like... <gasps> You already, it was already enough that we lost Pyrrha because of your bitch ass. No, I'm, I'm tired of you. I'm so tired of you. I want you dead. Yeah, Ironwood just walks up with his gun, shoots her in the head. Oh my god, wow. Hey. Hey, that's pretty good. Hey, that's, that, that would be interesting. How about another eye shot? Oh, oh. a blind maiden. Can they even use a their powers? Blind. <laughs> a blind maiden. <laughs> oh Did- god, but... That would go. That would prove Tony's point, though, even further. Like bl- a blind, grim Cinder, but uncontrollable with a lot of power. Maiden. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? Wait, oh, but God. like, if they don't have eyes, where's the fire going to come out of their nostrils? Ah. Ah. Ew. I don't think you need. I don't think you need the eyes. Because it's I don't more think like you need. it more like surrounds the. The the eye like lash, so. Well, all right. Well, if they we'll, don't see, have we'll see if she no, has eyelashes by the, <laughs> the, the end of Ruby. <laughs> if she turns she into a Cinder Grim. We'll find out oh, if no. they don't get seared off by the play for or something. Oh god! Oh, interesting. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. But other than that, I like the fight very much. Um, I don't know. How about you guys? Yeah, Good fight. it's alright. Yeah, it's alright. I can't really say anything else. <laughs> it, it was just a fight to you? No, no, no. Because you said a bunch of... You said all the stuff that needed oh. to be said. 
pardon me. Oh, you didn't mention how uh, Winter just summoned the Grim and just flew all the way back up. That was kind of dope. Okay, all right. <laughs> Something I want to talk about real quick here. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a quick shout out to um, Anti Souls. Um, he's a great friend of mine, great um, moderator too for um, my Twitch, my Discord server, and stuff like that. Shout out to you. Um, I want to bring him up because. Uh, he has conflicting emotions of Ruby, and uh, he saw certain, like, screenshots here and there. It piqued his interest to watch uh, the final chapter of Volume 7. He pretty much skipped everything because he just kind of dropped it. Uh, through personal oh. reasons that I can't say because it's going to be a Twitter war once it's out there. But... What I'm only, what I can say is that, yeah, I had him watch the final chapter. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna link this thread um, when I get this podcast out. But um, what was so funny? Uh, he was commenting between the battle with Winter when she summoned that, um, did her summoning with that grin uh, against Cinder. And he was just like, it wasn't very effective, head ass. Use a water type next time. I'm like, oh my she can only use ice. <laughs> I'm oh like, she goodness. can only use ice. What are you talking about? And then she was like, uh, he was like, oh well, too bad. I'm like, I supposed to beat? No, you know what? Whatever. And I was like, oh my god. Okay, all right, anti. All right, I see. <laughs> but. I just gotta die. He was like, "You really were treated this like this was a Pokemon fight." And he was like, "Hey, I saw the opportunity and I took it." <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm actually gonna be linking those uh, reactions with this podcast, <laughs> so you guys can see what I'm talking about from there. So, um, all the way at this at the Storm Connect EN Twitter. Um, but yeah, with that being that being said, that's all I really have to say with Winter and Penny versus Cinder. I believe that you guys are good with it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Alrighty, cool, cool. Um, I did talk a little bit about with the divide between Weiss and Winter already. With that, it was kind of mixed in between. Um, so, um, now I think we got everything except for the last thing because I, I, I kind of had to talk about this, and this is out of concern too. Mm. Um, Salem's here in Atlas. <sighs> big deal, big she deal. Really, she really showed up, like... I, I. Dude, she bought all her Twitter followers. <laughs> she brought her house. Dude, giant ass white knight in the middle, dude. She Stop. brought. She brought all of her Twitter followers because she got into an argument with Ironwood on Twitter. <laughs> she was like, uh, "All right, guess what? You pissed me off." She quote retweeted that, and that's where she comes in with her followers. <laughs> Let me just cancel Ironwood real quick, dude. Cancel him and his followers at Atlas. <laughs> oh. oh, you got 43k thousand followers on Twitter? Well, take this. I have 400,000 k Twitter followers on Twitter, and they're gonna we're gonna come here and harass you and cancel you. <laughs> oh boy. You're gonna beat I'm with unverified ass. Oh yeah, because she's verified since <laughs> the beginning of time! That makes sense! Wow! <laughs> no, but seriously, I am creeped out that she actually brought her house. Her house is on top of that giant wave. Oh wait, really? It was that? Yeah, you, you see, see um, it. because her house, it's made out of um, 
purplish pinkish diamonds and it was right behind her when we saw the zoom up screen that's her house all right let me just look at it real quick that's insane <laughs> yeah no i thought so too i was like oh my god this bitch was crazy enough to bring her house <laughs> she really said we're moving kids <laughs> she brought the kids hazel emerald and now. mercury <laughs> Like, she it's actually really kids. surprising they went to this direction, because, like, usually at the end of the season, it's kind of a resolution, and it kind of calms down a little bit. We're just jumping straight into it. was kind of a resolution, it. but... It but was, no. but... No break, no break. Yeah, no, no break. break. It just happens, and we kind of, it kind of feels like it's the end of Ruby, even though maybe it might not be. But, like, this feels like, like a big, big climax is about to happen, and I'm... I'm kind of yeah. concerned about the pacing of season 8, since we're starting off in like the highest high of all time. But I'm still right. extremely fascinated to see what's going to happen. Yeah, um, that's my thing too, that um, you would expect that Salem would, you know, would show up by the time the fourth relic. The final relic is out in the open, or yeah. like there's a chance to grab it. But here she is, she's trying to go to that kingdom to grab two with no visitation towards the, the Kingdom of Vacuo or Vale. Right now, it's pointless to visit Mistral because, well, the no the Relic of Knowledge is within Atlas right now. Now it's taken. So now all she needs to do is grab the, um, the Atlas Relic, the Staff of Creation. But guess what? They can't do that without Penny. And until Penny somehow dies or her powers are, you know, taken away by Cinder or somehow, shape, or form, how's she gonna get this fucking staff? Which, I guess that's why she's here, by bringing her amount of Grim, her Twitter followers, and, <laughs> uh, canceling Mantle. Um, and, uh, yeah, she really showed up at the, you know, brink of dawn like that. That's frightening. I won't deny that. And it's safe to assume that this is worse than Volume 3 matters. Oh, yeah. Way bad because Shoot, it's already I, bad enough. For, huh? for a second, for a second, mm -hmm. I thought you were gonna say this is worse than Volume Three. Like Volume Three was this is bad. What? I was gonna say. Wait, wait, I thought you were cutting. He's cutting out. Ah, oh, rip. <laughs> Am I still cutting out? No, you're good. All right. So I, I thought you said this was worse than Volume Three. <laughs> like oh, Volume, oh. like Volume Three was bad or something. I was oh, gonna say. No. I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, no Ruby fan could say Volume Three was bad. If, if somebody says that, they're fake. They're fake. No, we're, bringing, we're getting Salem to get canceled. Canceled. We're getting Salem to... Mommy Salem. <laughs> oh, dude, that outfit is actually dope. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't think she'd actually get on a dress. Oh, my God. I didn't think she'd leave a chair. Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, because she's, like, like, somewhere, like, out in the hidden, you know, out in the hidden kingdoms, you know, outside of it. But nope, she's now out in the open. Actually, like, now we know she exists and they're gonna see her face to face. That's scary, man. Not only that, like, the, this is her introduction to the whole entire world. Like, this whole world kept secret is literally now relevant. Right. <gasps> oh, yeah, it's now relevant. And guess, literally, it's what Ironwood said. Like, it, it was gonna happen eventually anyway. So there's no point of hiding it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, talk about a glow up. Good job, Austin. <laughs> Good job, Ospin. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. I wonder if they're really gonna go with the Pinocchio sto um inspired story because you know oh, they brought the giant eaten by the whale. whale. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm. Interesting. So that that would be really interesting. 
Um, I just do. I wonder how they're gonna get out of this one, and they're gonna be able to save the Kingdom of Atlas. How how is Salem supposed to fail here? Yeah, she literally just came here and said, "Oh, this is my new home now. I took my house, and now I'm putting it on top of Atlas." Sorry. Not really that Atlas is completely unprepared for this. They have zero resources to no. do this right now. And the the tower isn't <coughs> fully set up yet, right? So yeah, like, no, it's not. It's not even close to being ready. So like. I, yeah, they don't stand a chance. They're on their own. Yeah, so let's uh, quote Ironwood real quick. Oh, yeah. There will be panic. There will be negative emotions everywhere. Everything's going to fall apart. Graham is going to be everywhere. But we, I think we are ready. <laughs> yeah. Great glow of Ironwood. Do you Great reckon Team glow. Ruby would come uh, 180 and come back to save Atlas or just ditch it and let Atlas die? Uh, I, I, they gotta get Crow and Oscar. Oh, true. That's great. <laughs> oh. They didn't even ask about Crow, like, where he was at. He was like, oh, yeah, where's Oscar? And nothing about Crow or Robin. Oh, Robin. <laughs> oh, we haven't even touched on Robin oh, yet. Oh, yeah. My God. I just... she They arrested her, too, yeah, that with was, Crow. It's a dumb moment. That was oh. so stupid. So stupid. I just, oh my god. I wonder yeah. how, how they're going to get out of uh, prison. Maybe in time, I, I don't know. I mean, then again, Crow could turn into a bird, but... He's <laughs> just like, hey, let me just jump out real quick. Turns into a bird, dips. I'm telling you, he probably he's probably going to forget that he has that power, which that's going to be easy to bail those two out. Um, no, I'm being but... Raven, though. Raven? Yeah, Raven just make a portal. It's like, alright, guys, just hop in. <laughs> Imagine like she was there the whole entire time and she was like, alright, get out here. (laughs) Watch, watch. That's how this season's gonna open up. It's gonna shift to Raven on a building or something. Watch. Oh my god. Please, please. I hope she doesn't get an outfit change. Oh. No. No. uh, I can't take it. What if it's a better outfit though? Okay, then I dig it though, but her (laughs) her outfit design is already like the best. No contest. Sorry. But, um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting of how they're going to go about this. Because Salem is there. And that's like the, there are so many directions they could go off with this. Especially, again, we have not even explored Vacuo. We have not come back to Vale. And there's no point of going back to Mistral or Menagerie. So, I just hope that whatever's been going around with the controversies around with Rooster Teeth and such. Because Volume 8 and 9, they were both to prove to air to the general public so they got those two volumes ready to you know to be worked on i just hope that it's not going to stop there which i strongly doubt it because they haven't made any announcements saying that ruby is closing soon or anything like that or we already know like where we're gonna stop at we we only know that they've already thought about the conclusion with the four girls um of this series but we don't know anything like of how far we are from it or how close we are to it and I hope it's not going to stop where Monty has stopped, where he has written up to 10 volumes. I hope they actually pick it up from there and move on forward and finish the story and not rushed out and such. Which I'm going to talk about a little bit more about that later, actually. So, um, here's hoping that, again, I don't really want to call this Volume 8. This is, it just feels more like a Volume 7 Part 2. Right. So, um... I don't know. How are you guys feeling a bit more about this? Um, 
yeah. for the volume at least and Salem arriving. That that really felt like um, you know you know like how TV shows have their winter finales and then the season continues. Like you said, it felt felt like kind of like that. It really f I did not feel like a typical like season end. It more so felt like mid season. I'm glad we brought that up sounds. actually. Um. I think the best way how I could describe this, actually, chapter 13, it was a great chapter. Do not mistake me on that. This was a great chapter. Mm -hmm. But, as a finale, I think this is not their strongest ones. In what sense? At least, that's how well, I feel about it. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's how I'd phrase it, but... Well, it's like, again, it's yeah. like, it feels mid-season at the same time. It, I don't know, it's just like, you know, again, like, the cliffhanger is good, though, but it's just like, as a, I don't know. It's I think just... the cliffhanger is too strong. Like. You think so? Yeah, like, I'm okay with how wrapped up and then Salem just pops out, and I'm like, yo, season it's rude. Like, they have to start off with that. And how do you, like, keep a, like, how do you keep a story going uphill into a climax from that moment? Okay, fair enough. I give you that. That's how many episodes? 13 episodes of Salem trashing Atlas. I don't think that's gonna work. I'm not sure how they're gonna write that, but yeah. Right. I feel that. Um. Yeah, no, this this volume was really something. And I'm, I'm gonna give Rooster Teeth the credit. The fact that, like, you know, whenever Salem is mentioned or talked about or encountered with. They do such a good job of bringing this fear, the terror. Like, I feel like I'm actually watching a horror movie, you know? Like, I've seen other series really. that they do that, though, but I, I don't know. I feel like they do such a good job when it comes to the horror aspect of it. I think there's a good mystery behind it, because so many people don't know anything about her. It's just so uncertain. I think if she had less on-screen time in previous seasons, I would be way more afraid of her. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, if the less we knew about her, I think they're better. But I'm no, totally okay with the, I, uh, I the, uh, the Jin episode. That was, I'm okay with that. Okay. How about you, Tony? I feel like the less you know about, the less they can be a good, a, like, a good villain, you know? Yeah, but I feel like, because Salem really set up everything that's happening in Ruby, though. And True. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I just, um, I don't know. I, um, uh, I think we know enough. Yeah. I think I we need, we know enough where, yeah, you don't need to tell anything more about her. We got her, we got her motive kind of stuff, and it's, yeah. So how are you feeling about that whale, then? <laughs> that's literally the size of Atlas. Uh oh. <laughs> That's literally the, how big that thing is. It's I... literally the size of Atlas out in the skies. <laughs> I'm really curious though, is she like aiming to destroy the world? Because I was like really expecting her to just summon the gods back, but this really doesn't seem like that even no. aligns with it at she, all. She she does plan to destroy humanity. Okay. But so, so soon. Uh I know, yeah, it's it's a little bit soon sooner than expected because she wants to get the relics first. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
Exactly. Which I, which I don't know. Like I guess that she decided to be like, okay, I need to get some fresh air in the sun, and you know, get some exercise. You know, have a little bit of me time, just a little bit, and get back to my mission. I feel like that's what's gonna happen, but it, it's just weird that she's she's getting this little exercise and you know, <laughs> wanting to do what she wants and be a mom, a, a scary mom in a way. To be um, fair, or. All her servants failed, like actually failed. That's true. So, like, I guess it's understandable, but damn, it's happening. It, it is happening sooner than expected, though. But I, I guess we're going to have, uh, cause she said the the stage was just set. So I'm just seeing of what she's really capable of. It's gonna be really interesting, especially to really? seeing how the sizes of Grim. I don't know. Really out here pl playing the conductor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Salem. Oh, don't, don't, don't die just yet. Don't die too early. <laughs> oh no, definitely. Oh, no, I don't do that. Imagine if the gods actually become the new villains. Yeah, that's literally hey. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> hey. That would be Kingdom Hearts moment. <laughs> I feel uh, like someone's gonna betray. That's, no, that, that's oh. that's SMT. Entirety SMT? of Shin Megami Tensei in Persona. Oh, Shin Megami Tensei. Okay, all right. Oh, really? Hold up. Oh, right, right, right. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like th this chapter, like there's like a lot of like mixed feelings about it though. Like there's a lot of like good feelings about it though, but like there's like a couple notes here and there. Um that were talked about um but all i gotta say is great monologue with uh ospin with his return as well oh my god that was, that was i don't know th that was a powerful speech and it okay when when oscar like broke through the mm -hmm. ground and you just see him floating in the sky and you hear ospin and it switches back to everything else it's very cool that was so nice. Well, well directed, right? For sure. Um, I I just hope he doesn't go away for a bit too longer, though. But again, we definitely need more time for Oscar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but that's all I really have to say about Chapter Thirteen overall and Salem's, you know, her first. I, I guess you could say her first grand reveal that she exists to the public. I don't know. How about you guys? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Again, I felt it was a little early, but um, I'm really, really excited to see how they implement her and what what her like goal is. Cause I really a bit confused what direction she wants to go from here. You know. I think right, right. that's kind of the point too, because yeah. like not everyone agreed like that Salem should be revealed just yet. You know, and it's like, well, now you don't have a choice. So. <laughs> That choice is gone. I noticed that, gone. like, the, the theme, one of the themes of Ruby is that it's about choice, and now there isn't any choice anymore. Like, now that's being taken away slowly by her, and it's scary. So. Yeah. Alrighty. So, now with that being said, let's talk about chapter, or not chapter, oh my god. Volume 7 as a whole. Um, and before we, like, go into those pinpoints... Uh, I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to Casey Lee Williams and the music cast, um, to their guest stars that they brought on. Oh Yo. my God, they've popped off for this volume. I'm just, I, I'm so happy with that. 
Hero was good. A new day. Um, feeling the moment. I I know that's not the song title though, but everything. The the guest stars. Um, Alex Abraham and Jeff Williams for the music comp- um yeah. compositions and such. They did such an extraordinary Ken. job. I just. I always find a new way to fall in love with the music of Ruby, and I just feel like it's powerful whenever I hear the songs, vocals or not. It's just, it brings so much hype, and I get roped right back into those series every time here and there. Hey, yeah. And can Amen. we get so, the official soundtrack release? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I wish, I, I want to support that now, but we have to wait until the summer! Gosh. <laughs> I... I just want to listen to everything. I, I do hope they get better with that. Hopefully, like, they can actually, like, produce that faster wait, rather than waiting for six to seven months. Because it's annoying. Hey, well, it's okay. As long as you don't have to wait as long as Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. Oh, my Hey, we're not here God. to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, Tony. Oh, no. That's, uh... No, we're not getting into that further. I just oh, want that, to that, that that'll be another podcast episode Dude, for another day. <laughs> that's gonna be like a seven hour block of me and Tony. <laughs> oh no. Well there we go. That'll be another Star Care podcast. Anywho. Oh. <laughs> um But yeah, just wanted to give a quick, quick shout out to the music. Um uh yes. staff for that. Mm. So love you guys. Please don't don't stop producing music, please don't. We we, we wanna listen to them. We love you all. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, um, let's talk about Penny Paulandina as a character and her interactions and how she performed well in this volume. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, Penny coming back to the Rubyverse, well, I, I shed a tear. I, I, I was crying. Mm-hmm. That, that was a beautiful moment, and especially getting to introduce uh, the father, Pietro, Especially getting to know how he's like and such. Oh, yeah. Also, father of the year to him as well. He, that man deserves an Oscar. Literally, an Oscar. Give him... No. Be- best parent. I, I'm going that to him. I'm sorry. Um, Actual father of the year. I know, right? Um, no me. But, yeah, Petty, Paladina, and Ruby. I want to talk about them real quick. Um... Penny, she has, like, again, as I mentioned before, she has grown more as a character to how she was earlier in the volumes, and she's been upgraded to a a better model and such, you know, her weapons, and I guess with her artificial intelligence as well to that. Um, She felt more real. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just me and such, though, but she felt more real as a human being to me in this volume compared to how she was back then. The voice direction was different like in some kind of way uh, yes it, it felt more human like yeah yeah less quirky there you go um i don't know like she actually like felt more real and again i mentioned this before in a previous podcast of this though but whenever like she has an opinion you know like she actually was like strong about it this time like back then she's like well yeah I-, I wish they could be like this no in this volume she was like i don't see the good in any of this i i don't think this is okay at all i was like whoa yeah. okay yeah yeah whoa. not so indifferent either right it yeah. wasn't like 
we saw that she was able to like develop more emotions that way. I'm like, oh my god, if this girl can become a real girl into a real human body, that wow, <laughs> Pinocchio moment. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of character defining moments in this season. Like a lot of decisions she had to. She got asked questions, she challenged them, and she had like a good perception of what she thought was right and wrong, which made her a lot more human in that sense. And I think that was a really, really great stepping stone for Penny, because in the earlier seasons, yeah, she wasn't, that, like, terribly interesting. And also, she always followed rules, which really didn't let her character grow outside of that. But now, we get to see her as a full Flash Maiden in Team Ruby. I'm really excited to see what they do with her. And what I love as well is the fact that, like, she points out the flaws mm. of Atlas and what Ironwood is planning to do. Like, she, she was like... This is not what I signed up for. I was like, whoa, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, she really had the cojones to say that. Damn. <laughs> but, uh, but it just, like, I'm just glad that, like, there was that type of interaction with her and Winter for that, you know? Mm. So I, th- I thought that was, like, a beautiful chemistry between the two. But speaking of chemistry, I need to go over this because this is something that I thought is an interesting topic to, to discuss about. Um, like I said earlier, Penny and Ruby's friendship. Um, I mentioned this before in the first podcast, my first episode podcast. It felt underwhelming, the fact okay, that Ruby... Right, cool. Yeah, it felt extremely underwhelming that how Ruby took... Penny's presence as like yeah yeah she's she's alive and she's okay again and you know like yeah like Ruby she was like I yeah no like what but like after like they had a conversation about it, she's like oh okay like what I'm still bothered by that and I I'm gonna bring another point of this as well because this adds further to my point as to why I don't like the chemistry between Ruby and Penny anymore. I'm I'm sure maybe it was supposed to be meant with good intentions, but it wasn't executed right, possibly. And that was, I believe, chapter five. And that's when um, you know, they got started they got used to um the chapter or not the chapter, this you know, working together with Penny and the Elysium forces and such. Um when Penny and Ruby, you know, they had a li- their little small idle chit chat. Are we talking um, in, in the plane scene? No, 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 no. It was the plane scene. Cool. They were in the car. Yes. That that one. That one. Yeah. I thought it was okay. weird because, like, you know, Ruby was like, "Oh yeah, uh, have you made any friends?" Like, I don't know. Just in the way that she said that, it just came off weird to me. Like, you, girl, she died. And she was brought back to life and stuff like that. And you're worried about it. She has more other, like, you know, other friends. Which, I'm pretty sure, like, in a way, that's supposed to be, like, meant out of concern. She's been able to make a other connection with people just as a that friend was, to a friend that, that way. But but the way the scene was, it felt less sincere. Exactly. It's it didn't like, feel like... I, I just... Mm-hmm. It wasn't kind of out of character for Ruby, I think, too, is the thing. Because, like... That's just not her. I don't, I don't think. She was depressed and crying that her friend died. Both of her friends died in Volume 3. And seeing that, like, seeing somebody that, like, just looked like that she was brought back from the dead like that, it's like, 
that's a mindfuckery moment right now. It toys with so many emotions that you want to do everything in your power to protect Penny. Which, I hope to God she's not thinking that, oh, well, she's a robot and she's rebuilt again that way, then it's okay. Like, no! It's not okay. Especially learning that Pietro, he gives up his aura every time that he rebuilds her again. Come on. I hope Volume 8, they they have a little more connection, and it doesn't feel off like that. I think it reminds me a bit of um, Volume 1, when Ruby first meets uh, Penny. She's playing it off as trying to be nice to her, but while not really liking her at the same time. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe you get from Season 1, and it's kind of, like, yeah, it's echoed a little bit, which is unfortunate, but... I don't know. It's it like, yeah, can get off my back real quick, you know. It. I. I didn't like that vibe yeah, at all, weird. and I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't continue again because that was. I don't know. That that was uncalled for. Um, but yeah, that that's my chemistry, my gripes that I have with um with that type of chemistry. Um, the one thing I'm gonna give to Ruby in this volume is the fact that she clapped back against the Aesops. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. She really said, the, oh, yeah, it, you thought. It was like, we're the we're the best people in a- Atlas. Or, or we're the best huntsmen. And then, and then she's like, you were, until you trained us. Mm. I'm just glad, mm. like, this time it wasn't about, like, the power of friendship. Or, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, we're going to be, like, no. she Like, it was actual facts. She was like, no, then you trained us. Sorry. Like, okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give credit to you again, Ruby. So... Please, please go. Please keep with that momentum and do that with Penny because that she she became a maiden. And she's a fucking sweetheart. You go f- talk to your friend. Be a good friend. <laughs> <sighs> I thought of something dumb. What's that? If they if they put ten, Penny back in a team and they make Team Juniper again. Well, technically that's how it is right now because Oscar is not with Team. Orange right now. <laughs> oh, no. It's team. not Team Orange anymore. It's not Team Orange anymore. Penny came in the end of the volume and she's like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, then that's really weird. I don't know, but cool, I guess. I guess we'll just have to see from that, though, but it would be funny in the future reference, though. But it's good that they have a maiden by their side now as an alliance. That's amazing. No! Mm-hmm. No! What? And she's a maiden. And you know how Pyrrha was supposed to be a maiden, too? It's gonna give them all those memories. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Jean's gonna have a freakout episode. <sighs> well, That's I tough. mean... Uh, well, trust love. Great <laughs> <laughs> right, It's funny. Actually, I want to talk need, a little bit about I that real quick. Um, trust love really became the irony of this volume which i was kind of anticipating it i'm glad it was fulfilled though but talk about the ranges between fear and trust love and how everything just flipped up flip-flopped and now everything's in shambles not just a kingdom but the the fate of the world now yeah trust was like a pretty big theme in this season and like literally all it it was all in the end undone it was undone, and, well, it costed somebody's heart. It costed some people to die. It costed some risks. And, uh, yeah, that, that talk about a lot of trust going to nothing. 
So, um, do we speaking happen to be of coming trust. up on time, huh? Do we happen to be coming up on time or just a little bit, but we could squeeze it a little bit more. All right. Bet. Bet. righty. So, um, I do want to talk about this because, um, Mm. It, 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 we had there was not that much discussion about that though, but let's talk about the schnees, it, oh. excluding Weiss. All right, let's all right, let's let's talk about Whitley first. Got okay. what he deserved. Go, go. You love wait, to see wait, it. wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> Shut up, Kimps. I don't <laughs> oh, care. Whoa. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Yeah, he just turned. Whit- did. <laughs> Whitley bad. He got what he deserved. Um. I hope wine gets poured on him again. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, but aren't they, like, hinting that Whitley is kind of screwed over right now, being the heir to um, this new name? But, like, obviously he didn't... I don't know, maybe not obviously, but it felt like he was in a position he didn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And also his mom hints to the fact that, like, he was left behind, so... He might have some traumatic things going on, but obviously it's overshadowed by his uh, upbeat personality, which we all hate. But it could just be a come-off, you know? Like, he could be suffering. That boy is, like, stuck in this most broken-ass family I've ever seen in my life. And he's just yeah. pretending to be happy. Okay, um, when Jacques got exposed, and he, he, he was, was, like, sweating over there, that was great. That was, that was a beautiful. Oh scene. yeah, no, I love that scene so much. That was so much fun. That I think that's so like the great. highlight of Volume oh. Seven. Like Jacques Schnee, you're under arrest. I'm like, dude, that was so high. That was so high. Jacques Schnee, you're under arrest. Wait, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> that felt. That must have felt so good. I'm like, Weiss, you, you did, you deserve that one. She deserved it, especially <laughs> after that slap. I'm like, yeah, bitch, get arrested. You reckon Jackson has an arc after this, or is this the end of the last that we've got to see of him? No, I, uh, I don't think it's the end of him. I kind of want it to be, though. I think I think it's the end of him. I think he's going to eat, get eaten by a giant whale. I oh, think so, bet. too. I, well, I feel like the Schnees are going to get eaten up by that fucking whale. <laughs> I mean, again, speaking of eaten up by the fucking whale, uh, there's a lot of people that are saying that Willow Schnee has the dead hair mom haircut. No, no, no. We already just saw her. I don't want her to die so far. That would be unfortunate. She well, yeah, she started Lionheart. I guess we're not happy to do uh, No one likes Lionheart, though. Okay, so how about Clover? Oh, uh, okay, that was just very unfortunate. <laughs> okay, well, like, it's too bad he died Listen. as honest, you know? I'm, I, I was so sad, especially for, like, Crow. Because, I don't know, he just found found someone he could rely on almost, you know? It, it felt like that. And then, dead. <laughs> dead. And guess what, Tony? You have to deal with it. That's all that's been Crow's life. It's, it's bad luck and even people dying. And, yeah, no, that, that just... Uh, it, it was supposed to make a difference for Crow, and some people argue that it's like character development. I don't think it is. It's like it, this is a breaking point for Crow because he's been dealing with it for so much, and he can, it, that's the that's why he can't be around anybody is because of things like this. Unfortunately, 
So, and I feel so bad. And I, I'm actually interested in what direction they're going to take with Crow for this. I felt, yeah, I felt so bad for Crow. Because, like, he, he watched it happen with his own blade, too. Yeah. Yikes. Talk about framing. Even though they could just use Robin Hill semblance, but they don't want to trust her. Oh, yeah, she was unconscious through the whole fight. She wouldn't have seen if uh, Crow killed. Well, yeah, well, she wouldn't but need to. She could explain at least what happened before. Like all, all she would have to do is just link up with one of the Elysian forces in Crow and be like, "Did you kill Tyrion?" And then he'll be like, "No." And Obviously, or not Tyrion. Yeah, but I was Cobra, like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> what? Why? I don't know why I said Are Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, but no. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the 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 actual shot once he got stabbed, that was a really good shot, I think. Oh, definitely. The, the the colors and all that that was great. That was like Yang getting her arm chopped off again. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Oh my god, why did you talk about that, Gibbs? Wait, what? Wait, what did I do? <laughs> Why did you talk about Yang's arm? What? The, the, the colors. The colors is, okay. I'm sorry. It, it was a heartbreaking moment for me. But. Dang, I didn't uh, know you two had PTSD. I'm, oh, well. Yeah, we kind of share that in common, but anyway. <laughs> um. Yeah, no. Um. Oh, yeah. I saw. So, it's funny because like there was like there's been like at least like three fights now between Crow and Tyrion, and uh, there better be a final fight. Oh yeah, I there agree. should be. So, um, so on the topic of Aesop, since we kind of just like slimmed over to that, um, I hate them all. Bad, horrible characters. Except Clover, I'm sorry. I I I, hate, I, can't, I hate him I will the most actually. Argue. I'll I'll I will argue for Clover. I just look. He actually guess, felt uh, like kind of sincere. I don't know. But he was the dumbest one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because I mean, in retrospective, uh, the Aesops are nothing without Clover. If Clover was there against Team Ruby, then they would have been finished. Oh, but sure. because that, you know, and, they and had like, to rely for his good luck. And the thing was, like, for me with Clover, right, you, like, see him fighting Crow versus the Aesop's fighting Team Ruby, and you, like, see Clover actually didn't want to do that versus, like, the Aesop's, like, who cares? Besides the right. one dude, the Faunus. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like, who cares? Marrow? Um, Marrow, yep. But just, like... Mm-hmm. Marrow okay. was so immature. He's my second yeah. hated character, actually. Very immature. I did um, not like him. I didn't like him at all. Uh, Harriet was annoying. Oh, I did she not was like just Harriet. Being, yeah. She was so competitive at the stupidest of times. It's like, shut up. I'm buff. Thank goodness you, for the clap back. I, I. And then Vine was uh, tolerable for me. I, I liked him a lot, actually. Alright. He was, uh, yeah, he was just there, but like he wasn't like insufferable or anything yeah, like that. Like, at least he, he was just, even being rational. He was kind of just there, it felt like. Right. And then, so, um, no, what I, was that I other Aesop name? Elm. Elm, yes. Elm, that's, that was her name. Mm-hmm. My bad. Elm. I, 
I don't remember hearing her Honestly, name. Honestly, I had a hard time. Yeah, same. I had a hard time remembering. And I watched all. I watched ten episodes in one day, and I just don't remember. They don't say that often, actually. No, I didn't. I actually have the thing next to me, like the screen of the movie characters. That's why I remember the name. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the ace—it's just the Aesops as a whole for me. It's like they were just like, cause I get it. Like they were just randomly introduced, which is obvious before the Atlas arc and such. But it's like they weren't really fleshed out enough, you know? They no. were just—I mean, also just there. Um, just again, we—we we, we're supposed to, you know, fear them or slash pro uh, feel protected by them because they're the best of the best even though they got created by the fucking team who's gone through worse shit than them. Yeah. Just... It's just disappointing how the way they think. It's like, oh, really, bro? I feel like the one that has better fleshed out times was Robin Hill. Oh, I like Robin. Oh, Robin. Robin Hill. I wish her, her Huntresses, her team, oh. we got to a little bit, like, know more about them, but, they like, they were zero just also time. there. Yeah, they had zero screen time, and they, again, they were just there, and they were just like, oh, yeah, we're her bodyguards, slash her team, and such. We're, yeah. yeah. They have really we're cool semblances, too. It's really sad how underutilized they were. I love their designs. It's just the fact that why they're there, what came to be, they just we're not there. Yeah. Like, for a team, Robin just has, like, way, way more presence than any of them. I mean, which is understandable, yes. but yeah. Which, that's the thing. Robin has more presence. Oh, yeah, same. She, I love her. She's such a great character. I love, even, like, she's willing to break the law just to uh, do what's right for her people. And it's not, like, out of ill intent or anything like that. Like, it's for the town that she grew up in. And what she feels together as a family, and I love that about her. Her That's strong like, ambitions and such, I, I love her. It's like an ideal raven. <laughs> you know what? Yeah! And plus, they're both birds. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it, you I know, that's really something I'm starting that. to notice. Like, Sigmar's always getting finish. fucked up by birds. If you think about it. You know, raven, and then... Winter's fucking birds bird, and shit. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> What's next? Oh yeah, and Crow at one point. Wait, have Crow and Cinder oh. ever fought? They haven't fought, fought, but uh, Crow stopped basically the um, the transmission, the basically the the transferring powers through when they ambushed Amber, the oh. previous Fall Maiden. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, with that being said, it's like, wow, she just can't, no wonder why Cinder is so frustrated, she can't catch a break, even though, no, fuck her, you're, you're not allowed to catch a break, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, but Robin Hill, she was really fleshed out as a character, we really got to learn more, a lot about her, I hope she doesn't stay in this Atlas arc and we see her more often, hopefully maybe team, join up with Team Ruby, that might be uh -huh. asking for a little bit too much. Yeah, I didn't but... see that happening. I, I don't either, though, but at least protecting her town and being around there when needed. So, I'm, if she's not around for longer, then I, I'm going to be actually mad. Not going to lie. She's uh, up there for me, and it's only been one volume. Dude, I reckon she's going to get the Maria treatment and just disappear for most of the season. I hope not. No. The oh, yeah. Speaking of Maria, shout out to grandparents. You know, especially to Maria for roasting the entire show, because that's all she was there for. <laughs> <laughs> roasting everyone and even breaking the fourth wall sometimes. 
gotta love her. But, um, yeah, because I feel like the, I don't. I, I just have a feeling they're not gonna bring her huntresses back. Maybe yeah. to bail those two out though. But like, they're just there now. They probably died. Yeah, they probably just died to freaking whale in Twitter followers. I just thought about it. Ruby can't can't end soon, can it? Because like, they have they haven't. There's, there's no many summer friends. maiden, right? There's, There's they, so many threats, and you know, th again, they ha they haven't even gone to Bakuo yet. <laughs> Dude, yeah. wait, I just had a weird thought. Just Ruby just mm. looks at the whale and it just dies. So what? So, uh, I... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just the looks silver at the eyes whale dies. <laughs> the light from the silver eyes just blinds it all. Oh my god! And then season eight just ends in the first five seconds of just Ruby opening her eyes. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Damn. Dude, what if Salem just dies to Silver Eye? That'd be so dumb. Anyway. Well, I feel like that. If you want my honest opinion, I feel like that's what's gonna, like, wipe her off from the grand attachment and then she just becomes human again. <laughs> that would be sad. Um. But yeah, no, I don't know. Back to the Aesops, though. I just. Um. I couldn't with them. Robin Hill. I hope she gets more screen time for Volume 8 and she plays more of her role as to how she did in Volume 7, carried to Volume 8. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I kind of want to talk about too. Like, with all the... In terms of flushing out and such, my biggest problem with Ruby as a whole overall is the fact that there's always a time crunch with 13 chapters. Yeah, that's... I just don't know. Because... Mm -hmm. thir 13 is too little. And it is. it's like... But 13 at least, There so should long. at least be 20, I feel like. Or or at least like a few more. Maybe... Maybe, maybe four more. I don't five, know. I'd say what, five four or five, more. Four but or five, I, I mean, yeah. honestly, I'd say like up to like... Eight, 16 to 18 chapters would be my good range to like like if you're like, if there's gonna my, be so many characters that are gonna be introduced especially the fact that like they kind of play a supporting role at most they should have some like flesh out time like the Aesop should have Robin Hill and her happy hunter well mostly the her happy hunters is because Robin Hill she's already played her role as great and it was fleshed out well um it's just there was just there's always too much going on. It's hard to focus one character to another here and there. And the fact that the, um, there's inconsistencies with these episode links, it's hard to really narrow down as to, like, what should we have the focus on here and there. Which, you know, like, it they do make it clear as day time to time, but it's not all the time. Yeah. So it's just that they really need to focus a little bit more of their character building and such because they already did enough with their world building they already have the world of remnant side series with that complements it so they don't have to worry too much about that it's just the characters they need to really worry about um i just hope they don't make that mistake when we go to vacuo if we're even going to vacuo or to wherever they encounter next you know mm -hmm. I just, so eh. i'm, I'm still here for it regardless <laughs> Yeah, same here. Like it's yeah. it's not enough to sway me away from this series because we all love it. This is why we're talking about it here and now, you know. Mm -hmm. I just hope they don't have thirteen. They have more next time. That that's a that's a dream, but 
I wish. Honestly, the only <laughs> way for that dream to happen is they take a full year off of Ruby. And then I, I we get... Wait. I Which I would be able to wait, too. Like, I would be fine with Ruby Chibi and the three other... Sh the two other shows complementing with that for a full year up until volume 25 or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, God. No, I'd rather not. That's, like, longer than Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> that, that is actually longer than Kingdom Hearts. I can see 12, at least. 12? Volume? I can see 12 volumes. Right 12 now, I more volumes or up to 12? No, no, up to 12. No, at no, 12 least. more volumes. Oh, God. Up I, to 12? Yeah, I, that would be scary, actually. I see 10. 10? Right up to where Monty left off? Oh, what? Yeah. Because Mo remember, Monty left off to chapter, or not chapter, he left off to uh, volume 10 written, and then Kruby is just picking it up from there. Uh, oh, wow, really? That's actually a lot. Yep. Uh, and yeah, she was that ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to think all of these events were already planned out, that's actually kind of insane. I know, I that's gonna, why I was, I was like, wow, that say, man's a beast. Yeah. I was like, I was like, because volume 7, it really felt like it had still happened, or it, it felt like, um... We're here at this moment. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, it really felt like it was planned. I don't know. Right. Like, it doesn't feel so... Or it doesn't feel like it contradicted much yet. And I'm just like... Wow. Well, that's what we're gonna see, is the fact that, like, by the time maybe after volume 10... Or by the time we get around there, we might see what changes. Because, again, the core of the main story, it has been consistent to what Monty has written. So, until that we get up to that limit, we'll see, like, what if there's going to be much differences or changes or such. If there's going to be any drastic changes, we'll see by then. We'll find out soon enough. So, um, and last part that I want to talk about for this part, uh, Lyren. I did have this pin for a while and I need to remove that pin now. Um, Ren has acted so differently in this volume. I don't understand. He, it's not his normal self. His, he's had really, really aggression outbursts, which is out of his character. And it's like, you used to be the guy that's talked about patience and such, and usually the calm and cool collected guy, and you're losing it big time. I don't know, it's just Salem is getting to him that way? I don't know, but it's like, it just seems out of character for that way. There are moments where like, he has his outburst, outburst and concerns, and then he was okay when they were at the dinner party, and then he just lost it again by the end of this ch uh, volume. And now that man's having a mental breakdown for whatever reason. I still don't understand. Yeah, it's very odd. I feel like if we were to see Lyren ever to break out, it should have started at like the end of chapter four. Oh no, volume four. Yeah, I agree. Once, um, once volume. Or, oh, you meant. Sorry, I thought you meant episode four. I was yeah, like, yeah, no, no, no. I said my bad. Okay. I meant like volume four. Yeah. Because that, that was, like, the emotional climax for Lyran and Laura, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah and it's, yeah, for yeah. some reason, sparking up, like, big time. It's like, where was this? Where is this coming yeah, from? It's like, you know? Th there's, like, no reason for this to come out now. Unless it's, it's Salem. Yeah. yeah, unless it's Salem, which it's, again, I don't know, with Ren, it's, like, it's feeling inconsistent. So I just, it feels so, and it's funny, because he's talked more than Jean in this volume. 
And it's usually the other way around. Bro, John. He mm. didn't talk that much or even John speak that much. Yeah. Or shut up. Where's Oscar? <laughs> oh, God. He pulled an Oscar <laughs> moment. So, ladies and gentlemen, that will be all for the podcast episode. If you are listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave out a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. Hit up the Storm Connect at Storm Connect EN or other platforms this podcast is on for feedback on this show and such and so on forward. Um, and be sure to follow uh, Kim's and Tony's uh, social media platforms and such. Um, YouTube, you can go ahead. Uh, yeah, follow me at KimChu on Twitter, uh, and don't try to cancel me. Um, follow me, TMAX04, on Twitter. TMAX0 on YouTube. Um, please cancel Kim's. His <laughs> are bad. He sucks. I don't know why he's even here. Um, just kidding. And that's about it. (laughs) Alrighty then. Thank you so much for joining with me here to talk about Ruby. And uh, yeah, Um, I also want to make a quick apology that I have not produced out a chapter or chapter episode of the podcast. Hopefully this long two hour podcast makes up for it and another, uh, another project that I'm cooking up as well that should be out before or right after this podcast is out. So please stay uh, tuned for that in time. This is Edo Ninja, Kimps, and Tony. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for having us. See ya.